You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thanks for tuning in to Boner Planet Podcast. Watch the full video exclusively on Carbon TV. This show is brought to you by Tinks, Scent Crusher, Camp Chef, and Cat Work Truck. Victory Archery and Thorn Broadheads. Cobra Archery and Shadow Hunter Blinds. Burris Optics and Reveal Cellular Trail Camps. HHA and HHA USA. Additional support by Under Armour and Deer Camp Coffee. Everybody, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazarana, tonight with Dave Thomas, and we have. Uh, one of our friends over from Sig Sauer, Tom Taylor. Tom, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing great, guys. Glad to be here again. Absolutely. It's uh, been a little bit since we've gotten to talk to you here. So uh, interested to learn about anything new that you guys got going on over at Sig Sauer here. You know, nothing really. We're just kind of scraping by. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> Actually, it has been an absolute blur <laughs> over the past few mo- couple months, really. I mean, really, we, we kind of held time all during the uh, surge, you know, the past couple of years during COVID and, you know, all the violence and all that kind of stuff, the gun market was out of control. And so, you know, once all that started slowing down just a little bit, and actually our, our business was still pretty brisk, even on our, you know, products that we've had out during, throughout that time period. But we'd sort of been holding back a number of uh, fairly significant new products. And um, we unleashed that about two months ago, and uh, it's almost been like much. Uh, we, we almost overstrained our system and our people by trying to do, we've already launched four gun products, fairly significant gun products. Actually, it's, it's probably closer to six now with a couple of minor ones in there and, and some optics and uh, different things like that. So yeah, and uh, we've got a couple more big ones um, scheduled for the, before the first half of the year is over. So uh, yeah, we, it was just, it actually, you know, sometimes you make a plan and say, you know, we're going to hold back till the surge is over because if we launched new products during the surge, we would have just pissed everybody off not delivering the orders we already had. And uh, so now we've, we've launched some pretty significant new products. Awesome. Can you give us an example of what you guys just recently launched? I know yeah, I think so, that, that 365XL is the one that I remember. Yeah, well, the XL was actually already in, in progress. I mean, that, that's that been doing great. But uh, the, on the 365 front, that was actually the first one, uh, probably... Uh, six or eight weeks ago, we launched the P365 and 380. And so, you know, the 365 had been all nine millimeter, you know, up to that point with the, the standard model, the X, the XL, the SAS, and, uh, you know, all those products, which were doing, doing fine. And, um, but we were remiss in not having sort of a 380 new shooter, all the, you know, the millions, whatever, whatever number you read, you know, 12, 15, 17 million new shooters, many of those being, completely new to the to guns and a lot of them being females and so we we wanted to have a lower recoil you know more manageable caliber so we launched our, our 380 and so that's doing very very well and then um, we we moved on right after that and we launched the 365 specter comp so it's like a uh, 365 uh, pimped out basically um it's got gold trigger, gold barrel, uh, but more importantly, it does have, and it's got a lot of really cool features, some really aggressive stippling on the grip. But we we also, in terms of management, re, recoil management, uh, we put a, a compensator on it. 
And so the compensator is part of the slide. And so it's not a true like, you know, threaded compensator like you would see on, on a normal situation, but man, it, it lowered the recoil of the 365 over 20%. And so, you know, it's uh, those little guns can be a little snappy. And so it really helped with that. And, and then on the heels of that, about three weeks later, we launched the 320 Spectre Comp. So it's a, a sort of a sister gun to the 365, um, gold trigger, gold barrel, pimped out, aggressive stippling on the grip. It's got a true compensator, you know, uh, with a, a screwed onto the, the barrel. And it is a big time difference maker in recoil in the 320. And so those two guns are doing well. And, you know, I, I think the market is starting to um, come back to normal. But at first, those guns, which retail for about $1,200, you know they're 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 sort of made to compete with the Zevtex and uh, Salient Arms and Wilson Combat and all those sort of higher end guns. The guys that take our guns and pimp them out. And uh, man, we saw them online for as much as two thousand twenty five hundred dollars with their short demand and and like yeah. so the demand a little bit. And then um, just about three weeks ago now, I believe it was, we launched our biggest news so far this year, which is the P three twenty two. So we now have a rimfire uh, SIG, and uh, as we like to do, it's it's loaded with features. But the most important thing is we found out how to make a uh, you know sort of a standard sized tactical style 22 pistol. Uh, sort of. So if you think about it, it's like a 365 and a 320 got married and had a baby. It's yeah. sort of those two guns. So it's very manageable, but it has 20. It has a 20 round magazine. Wow. So. As you know, most rimfire pistols have 10. The Taurus, which is a, actually probably the best uh, rimfire on the market, uh, Taurus did a really nice job with their, their 22 pistol. It had 16 rounds, but it's kind of big. So they made it a little bigger to get the 16 rounds. And so just like we did with 365, we found a way to take a very good size and, and we, we made it into a 20-round magazine. So 21 with uh, around the chamber. And then we have a a extended magazine that has 25 rounds so hopefully we're making it easy for people to blow a lot of rimfire ammunition downrange have a lot of fun and uh and, and enjoy it and it's it's a, a really good shooting gun um it's it runs all kinds of ammo um that was one of the main things our engineers made sure they did is they they made it run everything from the bargain basement 22 you know ammo you can buy in a five gallon tub all the way up to you know the nicer uh, high-end rimfire product so uh yeah and so and we've also launched a p226 partnership with zevtech with a really beautiful p226 um yeah we just we just keep rolling on the new products and we have a couple more that we're not quite ready to talk about yet but about 30 days out we have a, another pretty significant announcement and then by june july uh we have an, a major announcement coming in june july so oh boy can't Never dull moment. <laughs> Can't wait for that. I'll I'll tell you that 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 um, three two two that you were just talking about. That's got to be like you said. It's just got to be fun, man. I mean, where where the, yeah. the I mean, ammo is always a big topic, right? Price, availability, all that kind of stuff. But uh, being able to like you said, just throw round after round through something like that for for fairly cheap. Um, what a great way to just kind of let loose and, and have a little bit of fun with it. So that, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, once you stop to reload, it's nice to be able to put 20 rounds in there. And, you know, we hope people blow a lot of ammo downrange, but um, it's just, it's better than having to stop every 10 rounds and reload and people like capacity. And so, you know, we, we are, we got our engineers together and getting a, a, a rim fire cartridge to, to load properly in a 20 round magazine was brutal, but it's also very easy to load because it's got tabs on the side that you slide down with a spring. And it is one of the nuances to the gun. You, you have to do it one at a time. So you can't run the spring all the way to the bottom. You just dump 20 rounds in there. They'll get sort of, you know, cockeyed if you do it that right. way. You know, you put one, you lower it, put one round in, lower it. So you just keep lowering the spring as you load it. So a lot of times when you load a handgun, especially high capacity, by the time you get to those bottom rounds, it's like, you know, it's wearing your thumb out. And this, it doesn't happen on this one. It's uh, you're able pull the spring down so there's no spring tension when you put a bullet in, a bullet in so uh so yeah it's it's nice and yeah, that's what that's what sig likes to do we have you know we have a lot of engineers and a lot of people that our ceo constantly challenges us don't you know let's not do something we could have built a 10 round 22 three years ago 
we could have built a pocket pistol like the 365 years before we launched it. But he always likes to challenge everybody in the company to, to be different and, and come up with new ideas. And, uh, you know, that's what's fun. We, we've had, all right, we, we just launched in the optics world, we just launched our uh, Romeo 2 uh, handgun site, which is a, um, it's not cheap, I'll be honest with you, but it was really built for the military. But of course, we offered it in the, in the civilian market, but it's a ruggedized Romeo 1, and, and it has uh, a couple of different kinds of shrouds you can put on to it, up to it, including a completely enclosed shroud. So it's completely protected from the elements. But uh, you know, those are that's been good. And I think since the last time we talked, we've launched another optic uh, called the Tango MSR. So when we won the military contract uh, for both special forces and big army, uh, they they uh, selected a Tango Six, and so the Tango Six is on the commercial market. Is you know you're looking at twelve hundred bucks uh, to get that. It's a it's a wonderful scope. Obviously, it's gone. It's going to war, so it's 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 very well proven. It's a one to six variable with a really wide objective. But we came back and we decided to to build a much lower cost version of that. So on the commercial market, depending on the uh, the amplification, it ranges from I don't know, 250 bucks up to about 450 bucks instead of going all the way up to over a thousand dollars to get the actual army. Now you can, if you want to buy the army optic, but we, we made a, a very similar, certainly rugged enough for any kind of civilian use and, you know, sporting use, uh, comp uh, competition, shooting use, anything like that, or just going to the range and having fun. So, uh, so that was nice. And then we've also launched our new suppressor line, uh, which was really driven by the, the military contract. And, you know, that we're waiting on pins and needles for that decision any day now, literally. Uh, we think Congress has been notified of the, the, the uh, decision. They don't know who it is, but they've been notified that the Army wants to spend this money. Congress has appropriated it. So um, any day now, we're going to hear about the next generation squad weapon, rifle, machine gun, uh, ammunition, and the suppressors. But we've already launched that suppressor into the commercial market, or those, the, the set of suppressors. Um, which is they're also uh, doing very well. And if those end up getting selected for the next generation squad weapon contract for the Army, I suspect it'll, uh, it'll take off even, even better. That's the uh, SLX and the SLH that I'm looking at. That is. Those are pretty nice looking, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. They look I mean, very it was, actually. Yeah. It's two, you know, they have two different purposes. The, the X is. Really, the, the variant that's going to be more in line with what the military is doing, subsonic. It's really sort of optimized for for like super high performance stuff and a, a little bit quieter. The SLH, um, to be honest with you, I mean, one of the easiest ways to look at it is it's it doesn't have quite as much noise reduction. But uh, if you're hunting or um, you know, just standard fire, um, that one is is very useful. But it's nicer to have a little bit less link when you have a hunting rifle especially if you pair it with our cross with the folding stock, shorter suppressor, you still have a really tight package uh, with that one. But the, maybe the most important thing is that we, once again, we totally change the way a suppressor is made because everybody tries to machine uh, suppressors, just basically taking standard technology, taking a round tube and, you know, using normal manufacturing processes uh, or metal cutting so what we did is we decided to basically do uh, do printing. So those these are printed. They're uh, you know whether they're still um, or Iconel, you know it just they're they're all printed. So we were able to take the baffle inside and re, sort of redirect the gases in different directions. And the objective was in the military contract uh, they wanted to be able to keep sound suppression at about the same levels, but the biggest objective was to reduce backflow, uh, toxic backflow in the shooter's face. Because if you've ever suppr shot suppressed guns, especially full auto guns, you're catching just waves of really bad stuff in your face. And uh, if you shoot it all with suppressors, you know that, you feel it. And when you feel that blast coming in your face, that's got a lot of really bad stuff in it. And uh, the military has really been had that objective for some time and they never acted on it holistically for the for big army or, or, the, or, or larger forces and um, this contract now pretty much all forward war fighters are going to have suppressed uh, weapons and and bigger more powerful weapons but uh, 
you know, we reduced uh, the toxicity by over 400%. Wow. And it's down to about the same level of, of blowback as a, a non-suppressed M4. And that, so, you know, it, it's really awesome to hear you say that, though, just in uh, great, I mean, for you guys to design that is an accomplishment in and of itself, but, you know, for the government to actually be looking for that in, in what they're, you know, what they're purchasing, um, you know, kudos to them for looking out for our troops and our troops health because of that. That's, that's, that's a great thing. And I'm glad that you guys were able to really come up with something to accomplish that to protect our troops. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's been there's been rumors of research that's been done and I was actually in an engineering facility years ago. Um, actually when I was with Smith and Wesson many, many years ago, and I saw, um, some technology that I probably wasn't supposed to see in an engineering firm on an FN rifle with a suppressor with research being done on this regard. And this was literally more than 10 years ago. And, um, I think as the calendar turned past 2002, 10, 11, I think the army sort of backed away from the project a little bit. Um, and they just, and, and it kind of waned. And then in this new NGSW contract, they, they wanted that addressed. And so uh, it was a huge piece of that contract was to be able to develop that technology. And if you look at a FLIR, a FLIR photography, like infrared photography, yeah, a shooter down on a rifle and you, you see the, the red and orange and yellow heat signature it's just basically engulfing your head coming out right out of the chamber and just it just like literally engulfs your head and then it dissipates you look at you put the slx suppressor on there and you look at it and then basically you have a little burp of you know orange and yellow and red heat that comes out of the, the chamber and it's down you know 10 or 12 inches from your face and it dissipates out into space out and it never gets back to your face now you're still getting some particles Per million, but and I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, it is, like I said, 400% reduction in toxic fumes. And that's like, you know, that's not just a minor change. That's a, no. you know, and our engineers met with engineers from MIT and because we're only about an hour north of Boston and we brought just incredible engineering uh, resources to, to bear. And they gave us a few pointers, but at the end of the day, they said, we don't think we can really accomplish what you want to. And so we had to just kind of go away scratching our head. And somehow, you know, 18 months later, when we had, by the time we had to submit the guns for testing to the U.S. Army, our engineers had figured it out. And, and uh, it was probably the first piece of the technology between the ammo, the guns, and the suppressors. We were able to complete. Well, that is a, it's a huge accomplishment. Um you know, to get there and be able to, to even just submit it to them for them to review. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's pretty, it just speaks highly of, of Sig Sauer in general, right? I mean, you guys have been top notch for a very long time and this type of thing, um, you know, it just kind of, it, it's a notch in the belt. Yes. But it, it, it proves out, you know, who you guys are and, and what your, what your philosophy is for putting out good quality equipment. Yeah. It's really the personality of the company. You know, like I talked about last time we were on, our CEO, you know, was a was a soldier first, uh, growing up in in Israel and serving over there for for about five years during some pretty significant times from 1979 to 1984. There was some pretty bad stuff going on in that region when he served, and uh, you know, and then when he got out of the military, he became an engineer. So that's his mindset. His mindset is is be a soldier first, an engineer second, and then all the fluffy stuff that we try to do with marketing and sales that he you know kids me about that. I'll do your thing and and uh, fund all my habits with the commercial market, and we'll uh, we'll build really good uh, products and innovative products, and and let that sort of military thinking bleed down, um, you know, to the rest of the company, whether it's military or law enforcement, you know, or, or personal protection. But it it uh, you know it's it's uh, it's sort of the DNA of the company. That I think I said it again last time. About a third of our employees are veterans, um, and they. You know, you talk to our, our employees and a lot of them believe that once they got out of the military, this is, or maybe they weren't in the military, but a lot of them say, this is my way of sort of serving my country because with the number of law enforcement, U.S. and, and international military contracts we're winning, um, you know, it's a, people I think feel really proud that we're protecting our nation, protecting other, you know, sort of NATO slash, you know, civilized nations. And uh, it's, it's a really proud point for the, for the company. 
Yeah, that's really cool. So, so Tom, I, I actually have so many things to talk to you about. This is, this is going to be funny, but I'm going to start with the simple one, uh, the P365. So, you know, I, uh, I replaced the, the slide with the SAS slide. Uh, thanks to you guys. I also replaced the trigger. Uh, and I want to say that, um, that was so easy. And, and like, it was strange to me because I don't know a lot about like, I was telling the guys, like, I feel like I'm a gunsmith all of a sudden, you know, like all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm replacing the trigger and all this stuff. And it was like, things are falling out, but I could actually literally figure out where to put them. It was like crazy. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I can do this as an average person. I, I just didn't think it would happen. I really thought I was going to have to take it in and get it, you know, put in because I was going to mess something up. But <laughs> after about an hour, just, you know, tinkering, watching some videos, really pay paying attention to what I'm doing. It was really simple. And so I was pretty pumped and excited um, to let, you know, the guys know, cause I've been trying to get my uh, P365 ready for camping season. So like I carry a sidearm when I'm camping, you know, I have like a little safe in my camper. I want to have a little gun that I can take with me, uh, protect my family, protect myself, whatever. And I, I, I got this thing set up, man. Like I got like a custom light that fits it. It is just sick. It looks so cool to me. Um, and I, I just want to say hats off to your engineering department. Cause I mean, for an average person like myself who literally knows very minimal about guns to be able to do that is, is literally in my opinion, amazing. Um, but the other thing I want to ask you about brought to you by six hour. Thank that you. Was more of a there you go. There you go. Hey, <laughs> that was... if, if, let me tell you something. If Dave's, if Dave's claiming that, that is a, that is a huge accomplishment for your engineering group. Well, no, that that's just, we'll go on to your next question. But yeah, that was the objective. I mean, and, and if you thought the 365 was easy, the 320 is even easier, uh, slightly easier. They're both super easy. But, uh, you know, on the 365, you have to tap out the pin on the back and so forth. But they were built to be modular guns. And, you know, if you look at the history of, of firearms, you had sort of the 1911 and people love to customize them. But, you, you know, that was literally gun, gunsmith level stuff. You know, you weren't customizing your own 1911. Then came the M4 and you know, if you knew a little bit about guns, you could certainly do the work on an M4 and, and customize it and, and put new four ends and, you know, charging handles and different things like that could be could be done by a user if you knew, had a little bit of gun knowledge. Um, probably not something Dave could do, but, um, <laughs> but but then but but then this is maybe we hope this is the next evolution of that is that like now you have, you know, what is becoming one of the most popular. Well, I mean, the 365 is the most popular handgun in the world. And the 320 is, you know, right on its heels and, you know, taking market share from some of our competitors like crazy. But it is a gun that if you watch a YouTube video, you can probably take it apart, take the, the fire control unit out, change the grip, change the slide. And if you screw something up, it's pretty easy to watch another video and kind of get back on track. So uh, and, and yeah, we you know, on our website, you can you can now order order components and build your own gun and have all the components shipped to yourself. And uh, we even have a SIG, SIG, it's called SIG Studio. And then if you, within the SIG Studio, if you go to the concierge program, we'll actually build it for you, put the FCU in, target it, sight it in. If you want a red dot, not red dot, you get a target with, you know, your, your uh, gunsmiths uh, uh, who built your gun will go shoot it, sight it in, sign the target, send it back to you. And uh, yeah, we just want people to know that you can, I mean, there's a million different ways you can configure those those guns. So that, that's my cup of tea there. Even Let Dave, somebody else it. do it for me. <laughs> you guys, yeah, I'm telling like you, that, my, but... my gun, my gun is kick ass. It's literally, I'm just like so pumped when I look at it, especially the SAS on it. I was blown away because I, I mean, my whole thought with the gun was more short range, you know, up close and personal defense, yeah. right? So to me, perfect. that's like the perfect scenario for that gun. Now, I have been eyeing, and that's what I was going to say is I have been eyeing this Legion the p320x carry legion so i guess what is the legion portion of the p320 is that like a special branding like what does legion mean i guess for the for somebody who doesn't know so it's a great question um i mean the legion was originally anticipated to be this sort of little niche program for really really high-end high you know high knowledge high technical side uh, users and so back in 2015 we launched a, a p226 and a p229 legion and just to give you an idea, our original forecast of these guns that cost $1,249 um, was that we thought we'd sell three to 5,000 units of both of those products. And then when you bought the gun, you were able to go onto SIG's website, take your serial number, register, register your gun, and quotes, join the Legion. And the only way you could join 
was to buy the guns because you had to have a serial number that that was checked out as a Legion product. And then that began to get you benefits. And, and we started off, we never planned for it to be as big as it was. And I'll tell you what the numbers are, but um, you know, we had certain products that you could only buy if you're a Legion member, t-shirts, hats, accessories, things like that. Um, and then we began to send information, give them sneak peeks. And, and then one important thing, we added something called Camp Legion, where if you're a Legion member, uh, you can buy the chance to come to Six uh, Hour for a week, tour the factory, you know, go in our CEO's office, meet with him, uh, two and a half days of spectacular training at Six Hour Academy, and then whining and dining sort of around Portsmouth, which is a cool old historic city where we're based. Um, but those first two guns, 18 months into the program, had sold over 70,000 units. Wow. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, we, we had no idea that was coming. And so then we began to roll out other versions of 226, 229. We, we've got a P220. We've got a, a 320 uh, um, full size, X full Legion. And then the one you have pulled up now, the X carry Legion. Um, we, we've had a 238 and a 938 and sort of our small gun. So eventually what the plan is, every gun in our line will have a Legion product. So as you, you know, you're looking at the, the Legion page, imagine, you know, three years from now, you may have P210s and, and 365s and 1911s and M400s and MCXs and MPXs and cross rifles. And so we'll have an entire product line. And as we sit here today, uh, the number of Legion members is uh, over 125,000. Uh, wow. And so, and it is the, it, it's the most incredible affinity group, the people that that own legions. I think 64% of legion members own it, own more than one. Um, and a certain percentage owns more than five. I mean, it's just an incredible group of users. And, you know, when people come to Camp Legion, we only sell 50 spots at a time. So it's pretty exclusive. And I'll tell you, uh, it's not cheap. And um, people get online and, and the, the 50 people plus a guest event sells out in about 30 minutes, literally. And like I said, you have to buy a plane ticket. Then once we get you get on the ground here, we got you for transportation, dinner, tours, shooting, SIG Academy, all that. But um, yeah, those things sell out in like, you know, no time. And, and people that come have come back to a couple and they started sort of commenting that, hey, we wish you had changed it up a little bit. So now what we're doing is we're adding a Legion alumni. So people who've been to Camp Legion will now be able to come to a, an upgraded version of Camp Legion nice want to come back and see us so uh so yeah it was one of those ideas that you said hey this sounds kind of cool let's launch a couple of guns and see if anybody buys them if they want to join a club and you know <laughs> it blew up <laughs> it, yeah it just blew up beyond belief and so uh so yeah that's uh that's the story of the legion but yeah so you're the gun that you're talking about the 20 x carry legion uh, is amazing so if you put it down next to a regular 320 it's going to have an upgraded trigger one of the things, it's got a threaded barrel. You know, one of the things you're going to notice about it is it's super easy to shoot because that grip that on most three or on 320s typically, uh, you know, or striker fired guns, you have a polymer a frame. That frame is polymer, but it also has tungsten steel infused into the polymer. And so it made the gun really heavy. And so if you're somebody that likes to go to the range and target shoot and you don't like a lot of recoil or you're a competitive shooter and you want to stay on target, um, it's, it's an amazing, I mean, when you shoot the gun, it, it just has such little recoil and, um, you know, it's, it's taken over the world in competitive shooting. Um, and so, yeah, those two guns, they, and there's a number of other features with undercuts and, uh, you know, is this gun a lot larger than the 365? The oh yeah. One? Yeah. You're, you're looking at a double stack, you know, a double stack magazine, you know, a gun that it, it is, I wouldn't necessarily say the Legion guns are, are that you can carry really like as a concealed carry gun. I mean, obviously you can carry them in a holster, but 365 is something that you can go in deep concealment. You know, you can, yeah. you can carry it, you know, uh, on your appendix or, uh, or your hip or whatever um, under a jacket. And, and those are extremely concealable. You know, those, the, the Legion 320 care, uh, X carry and full size and um, a lot of the other, 320s are more like duty or, or, you know, sports shooting size, whereas the 365 is is uh, definitely something that's smaller and, and it's a single stack, if you will, or 365 anyway is sort of a stack and a half. That's how we got 10 
10, 12, or 15 rounds in it, depending on the, the mag you have. But uh, no, they're, you know, one's a concealed carry gun and one's really a more full-size carry gun. Yeah, I like what you guys did with the barrel on this one. This is like what you consider yeah, ported or? Yeah, that's the one. That's a comp. That That is that 365 has a compensator on it. So yes, it's really, it's sort of porting, but the the serrate, the the cuts that are a little further back are ports, but the ones in the front is it really compensates it. So you know that's what makes it uh, much easier to shoot. But if you look at the 320 Spectre Comp, uh, if you can get to that one quickly, it's um, it's got a true compensator on it. So see where the line is there in the uh, yeah oh yeah yep. Yeah. So that actually when the gun recoils, that the that that compensator is screwed to the barrel. I think if you keep scrolling pictures, I think there's one that shows it with the slide back and you can see how it's actually threaded onto the barrel or maybe you go a little bit, but uh, um, if you scroll, it, right there? Yeah. it might, yeah, there you go. That might be the 365. I can't have my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. So, hey, question. So yep. I, I have a... I've seen this gun and I find it to be very interesting, this copperhead. So what's this, is this, so is this considered a pistol by legal terms? It is. It's a pistol. So um, it's got an arm brace on it, you know, and technically by the rules, of the ATF that the stock that you see back there has a strap and it, it, it attaches onto this part of your forearm and, and, you know, you can, you can shoot it as a pistol or you can hold it with both hands, but to make it legal, you're supposed to hold it away from your body. Now, the usage, I'm not sure that's actually the way people use it all the time, but the ATF yeah. suggests that you have to shoot it like a pistol. Um, but yeah, that that gun that you're looking at right there, a slightly different variant of that with a one inch longer barrel. That's the gun I keep in my bedroom as my home defense gun. Yeah, this so, thing's sick. Yeah, now with this, not, now, Tom, does this come off and you can put a suppressor on this or no? Oh, yeah, it can be suppressed. Wow. So you then want there's two one gun to right? shoot, not a nine millimeter. Uh, sort of pistol caliber carbine like that um suppressed is one of the funnest guns in the world to shoot it's it's a, absolutely amazing when you shoot a nine millimeter like that um whether you're going to the range with a little red dot on it or whether you use it like i said that is that's a gun that's closest to me in in my bedroom because handguns are great i have i have handguns in my home as well but um that that's the gun i want to get to first for uh, for home defense yeah this gun's sick <laughs> <laughs> I love when I just love when I saw that one is I was like Copperhead this thing looks great you know I was looking at it, I'm like dang I just yeah, like the size super fun to shoot so tiny. yeah super super fun to shoot that's really cool so it's got um, the sister my, gun of the sister gun of that is the 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 MPX is nine millimeter but then you go to our our MCX uh, which is a the two two three or three hundred blackout version of that so we have a, a gun that looks very much like that except it's a standard 223 or 300 blackout and, and we have both rifle sizes and and SBR short barrel rifles and pistols in the in the um or rifle caliber uh, as well and and those are really really spectacular spectacular suppressed with 300 blackout and wow. uh most of the special forces units in the civilized world are using a gun called the MCX Rattler and uh it's suppressed and so both SEAL Team 6 and and uh, AG uh, here in the United States, as well as SAS in Britain and and uh, the Grom and the most sophisticated units in the world are or have uh, MCX Rattlers in their arsenal. Wow, that's so cool! Yeah, I think it looks great. So yeah, that's um, it. That gun can be, that can be concealed or carried open, and uh, great for close quarter combat and that sort of stuff. Or, or you can step out and you can actually make a three hundred yard shot with it if you need to. So it's pretty amazing. Tell us real quick about the. Um, uh the m17 the m18 now were these like uh were these like like the military one or it, it is the military one or what, how does this work i guess so it's it has some slight variations um to the one that the military has but but very slight so you're getting about as close to the actual military gun as, as you possibly can they they had a couple things um in the the trigger mechanism and so forth that they really preferred that aren't as popular on the commercial market. So we adjusted that slightly, but, but 95 to 97% of the gun are, are the exact same components as the military. Um, and so, yeah, that's um, about as close as you're going to get to an authentic, uh, you know, gun that the U S 
really all branches of the military. The primarily though, the M17 is big army. The M18 is is used by the Marine Corps and officers, and that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, we're in fact, it's I'm glad you brought it up. We're uh, sometime in late May, early June, we're going to ship our 400,000th uh, M17 uh, or M18 to the wow. U.S. military. Excellent. So, Amazing. Yeah, we just we 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 the pain of having that contract is it's one it's one that it's joy and pain because the joy is you win the contract it's great but the amount of testing we have to do on those guns we actually have the army's test agency dcma uh, it has offices in our factories and, and those guns all have to be built in a unique area uh, and the, the parts have to be quarantined and so forth um, we have to test pretty significantly on on each lot that we send to them and we just shipped our 47th lot and uh, they pulled of, of the lot that shipped to the army, which is about 5,000 guns. They uh, make us pull out 12 random guns and take and, and take uh, each gun to 60,000 rounds. Wow. And, uh, sorry, the, all the, the 12 guns combined go up to 12. Oh, okay. Okay. 12, or shot 60,000 rounds. So, got it. You know, 5,000 rounds of guns. And, and then the, the lot test uh, in lot 47, we had zero failures. So that's just absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. It I mean, makes, kinda... makes sense why you uh, make your own ammo too. If you got to, if you got to produce that much just to test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately the army dictates what we need to test with because uh, oh, yeah. you know, they don't use SIG ammo. And so, yeah, yeah that doesn't help us much, but. That'll uh, be in the next contract. I'm sure. For, we <laughs> hope so. Uh, we did, we did win the, the sniper contract for the, our 300 wind mags called the, uh, the M48 round, but uh, yeah, we did win the, the sniper contract. But no, we didn't win the we didn't win the the nine millimeter. But uh, someday, good deal. I actually did want to ask you a question about ammo and really more about trends with that. You know, obviously, ammo's been a hot topic in the industry of availability and all that kind of stuff. But what do you guys? What are you seeing trend wise as like the most popular caliber? And have you seen a change in? what people are buying in caliber versus, you know, in regards to what's available out there. Are people making their purchase decisions based on what ammo they can find? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it hurt the rimfire market for a while and that's bounced back a little bit with availability. And to be honest with you, the, the calibers that were the biggest problem during the surge, nine millimeter and two, two, three, um, are, are, if you go into a store today, you're probably gonna be able to buy nine millimeter and two, two, three. Yeah probably a little less availability on 300 blackout but there um but no that what's and so you know the industry is like a trying to turn a battleship into bathtubs for those two years we put all of our resources into making the rounds everybody wanted we virtually stopped making other calibers at times some companies did and, and focused on nine millimeter and two two three some 300 blackout and, and so on but uh but now that that ship is kind of turned and, and there's, there's availability that it's so expensive not as expensive as it was during some of the gouging during the, uh, the surge so it's not quite as expensive but man what you can't find right now is is you can't find six five creedmoor to save your life right you can't find hardly any calibers in good supply and hunting ammunition so you know it's kind of like when the battleship turned now it's got to turn back around and we've got to spread out our our manufacturing we got to start making everything again because like i said there's you know we now have you know, I'm not going to say we're backing up by any means, but there's certainly inventory on, on nine millimeter and two, two, three, but, uh, the other calibers, if you go out, if you go out to buy a box of 30 out six, I mean, there's going to be a lot of holes in the hunting category to buy 30 out six or 270 or, or whatever. You may get stuck by having to get a, a boutique caliber. If you have a gun that, that shoots something that's a little more, not, not the mainstream calibers because those mainstream hunting calibers are just, are brutal. Yeah. So, well, that's a, that's heard the last week that primers are getting in short supply again so mm. we're over the primer hump um and uh that that's rearing its ugly head again so it's uh it's not it's not uh not perfect by any means yeah we um yeah talking to just buddies and people in the industry you know looking at new guns and what they're going to purchase I, you know a lot of times their first their first talking point is you know, I can't find this ammo. So I don't want, you know, I want that caliber, but I can't find it. So I'm not going to buy it. Cause why buy something you can't shoot. Right. So. Yeah, that's definitely, kind of, we, we hear that a lot. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. It, it, it rimfire was really tough during the, the surge. And, and a lot of times um, people were going into stores and they were saying they were, they were checking the ammo before they bought their gun. You know, it was like, what's in the stock? <laughs> 
you know, and then the downside of that is just the, the world yeah. so hard to nine millimeter that, um, you know, most of the guns are nine millimeter, but if you walked in and there's 40 caliber ammunition on the shelf and a 40 caliber gun on the, um, on the shelf also that people was, were doing that. It was absolutely a trend we heard a lot about. Am I, am I right in remembering that you guys make your own, your own priming too, or no? I thought we talked about like the chemical process and stuff. Like yeah. So that. when, when we talked the plan, we're, yes, we're definitely going to make it. But when we, okay. when we talked, uh, we were hoping to go, go live with our factory, um, late last year, November, December. Got it. Yeah. That's how I thought. Okay. When the primer, so you heard correctly, but when the primer market got caught up, we, we were rushing. And so we slowed down and, um, we're really glad that we slowed down because we've been able to look at the building we were going to move into. And we've been able to reduce our primer. Well, the couple buildings with the bunkers and all those things I told you about last time. Yeah. We, I just found out this week, we've been able to really become way more efficient and and make our primers in less space and 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 more efficiently and those sorts of things so um so we we slowed down and we're you know we're just kind of taking our time um and we can make them we have made lots before but we're not making them in bulk yet but as this thing with primers starts to rear its ugly head again i think we're going to accelerate that and begin to make our own so to be honest with you we just slowed down because they became a little more affordable they were available but I think what's happened is so many primers come out of Eastern Europe and obviously Eastern Europe is a little distracted right now uh, yeah. going on. And so while we're still getting some shipments from there, either the factories are impacted by what's going on or those primers are being consumed for the, the war that's going on over there right now. So, yeah, so we're, we're bumping up against it again. And so we should be ramping up our, um, our primer facility pretty quickly because we, you know, that's why we built it. We said, when this happens, you know, we don't want to be beholding to the, to actually in some cases, our competitors who in the U S who basically won't sell to us anymore. So now we're relying on, you know, something kind of coming out of either Russia or, uh, or Eastern Europe. So, so yeah, we're going to accelerate that. Makes sense. Hey Tom. So what happens, I guess for gun companies, the rules and stuff, like what happens if like just throwing an idea out there and I just, you were talking about Ukraine and all that a little bit. And what happens if Ukraine calls you and says, Hey, I need 20,000 rifles right now. Are you guys allowed to do that? Or is there a, approval processes in the government that allows you to sell to a foreign country? Yeah, they can certainly call us and they can certainly talk to us. And they have, we, we, we've talked to Ukraine, but uh, with, with international licensing, it doesn't really work that way. Yes, they can call us, but everything we do has to go through the U S government. When we're doing an international contract, um, it, there has to be, approvals uh, i mean we did we did get a break uh 18 months ago when they transferred those approvals from state to commerce so before any any order over a million dollars which is not a very big order for a, a military gun order or something like that i uh, had to get congressional approval and it could take anywhere from nine months and so other countries that were making guns weren't faced with some of those same things so you know, a Glock made in Austria, they, you know, they're, they're able to fulfill a, an international contract like that. And we're hamstrung with this nine month process through Congress. So they changed that. Um, and they've, they've made it much simpler, but it still has to go through, uh, through the Department of Commerce, but it's, it's, it's uh, procedural now versus congressional approval. So, um, but in, in Ukraine specifically, um, you know, I get, we, we, we get a little frustrated when we see press releases that, such and such gun company or such and such ammo company is sending, uh, you know, 200 rifles to Ukraine. Um, and yes, that's nice that they did that, but that's, it's not really part of the solution. You know, what we're doing is we're, you know, we've been working with the United States government to understand what, what we need, what's needed, what we can do, what we can't do. And so um, those were, for lack of a better term, yes, it's great. Everybody felt good that we sent a little bit of ammo or, or a few guns over there from, from, from companies that, you know, I don't know how close he followed it, but there were a handful of companies that sent out press releases saying we're sending guns to Ukraine and it's done to the U S government. It's expedited. But uh, what we've done is we've, you know, since we make products that are, are made for the military and that sort of stuff, we've definitely collaborated with the U S military and the U S government to understand what they need, how much do they need? How much can we do? so forth so um so yeah it's a 
international contracts are no fun. Uh, it's a very complicated <laughs> business. Um, you got to be very careful doing it the right way. You know, obviously, we're not sending it to anywhere that the United States government has deemed as risky. And that can be complicated, too, because sometimes there might be a very benign country that, you know, you feel like should be safe or an, an ally, if you will, of ours. But if there's a risk that they don't think that their process is safe enough or guns can be stolen or those kinds of things, the government can get involved and say, I don't really want us doing business with those countries. So, yeah, it's a it's a quagmire. Yeah, is I'm sure you guys for, uh, have a phenomenal legal team, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah is that for uh, it's, guns it's, or for anything that you guys sell anything like it's any, anything that leaves our country uh whether yeah. it's even even going to canada i mean we have we have to have licenses to ship to canada mexico um there, there there's been a lot of political turmoil with some very far left uh congressional members who don't want us to do business with mexico for what i talked about earlier they're afraid the guns are going to end up in the wrong hands um but yeah it's ammo it's optics it's it's guns. Guns are obviously the most, uh, guns and ammo are the most complicated, but uh, no, any, anything that leaves our shore in terms of defense is, has to go through the U.S. government. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know, um, um, this is kind of funny, but I didn't know you guys have air guns. <laughs> so I was just searching around yeah. here. That's yeah. How long have you guys had air guns? Like a long time? So oh, back in 2014-15, uh, when the company went through its big diversification, we had um, ammo, optics, suppressors, and air guns, basically all in the same year. And the original concept was we went out in the industry and we found executives who were successful in those other companies. If you look at, uh, you know, for example, the SIG air guns, we hired a guy that was with, with, with uh, Gammo for years. And, uh, you know, Gammo is a you know, well-known air gun uh, company. And so uh, he came in and kind of got us started and then he eventually moved on to another opportunity. But, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we kind of air guns was probably the one that was the, the the hardest to make a decision whether we wanted to go forward on it. And we ultimately said, look, at that time, um, SIG was just coming out of a, a rimfire product that wasn't probably wasn't quite up to what SIG standards should be. It was, a, it was a 22 pistol called the Mosquito. We sold a lot of them, but our, our CEO just didn't like the, the quality level of them. So we actually just, just we discontinued a gun. We were selling 80,000 units of a year because we thought it was a bad consumer message. So that was happening, but we didn't want to totally lose touch with, with youth and, and people that just want to go out in their backyard and plink a little bit. And so what the, the sort of mantra that we adopted with our air guns is they're going to be replicas. So as you're looking at the, the website there, you'll notice that they're, they're all, when you pick them up, they sort of look and feel like a SIG. They're designed by SIG engineers. And yes, some of them are imported from our partners in Asia or whatever, but and other countries, we have we have partners in England, we have partners around the world that that are specialists in air air product. Um, we we tried building our own, and it was just it was costly and it was slow. And quite honestly, if we needed a barrel for a pellet gun and we needed to make a bar barrel for a regular gun, it was always going to fall to the bottom of the list. And so, um, so we work very closely with a bunch of partners, high quality air gun partners, and uh, yeah, we're we're growing dramatically and and launching new SKUs all the time, new products, and uh, just wanted awesome. something would would be able to, to enter that that uh, sort of youth and, and plinking sort yeah. of uh, can warrior air gun person or whatever. And uh, now we have the 322 and we have a gun. So we go from air gun, if you like yeah. that, and rimfire now, if you like that, and then obviously into the, the regular product line. Plus, Dave, I, don't know, I don't know if you gun, saw this. You know? I like oh, that. God. Go ahead. It mimics the real gun, so you get you get a feel for what the actual gun could feel like, right? So I I love that part of it. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like a lot of the guns I like or look at, you actually have an air gun uh, option. So I'm like, man, that's actually kind of cool to get a feel for something, you know? And that's pretty neat. Yeah, when you pick it up, you you know, we we want it to to look and feel like a Sig. You know, when you put it in your hand and you take grip and you, you feels like it, and then and then when you pull the trigger, there's a very different outcome. But uh, yeah. For training, mean, we've had, we've actually, if you can believe it or not, we had a U.S. military branch that bought SIG air guns for training, and it's a branch that runs around on boats uh, that protect our borders. But they they wanted to be able to uh, do on you know on uh, boat training, but not a good idea to run around a boat shooting a real gun with training. Right, yeah. <laughs> love it. So they nice. so so for movements and how they move through doors and small spaces on boats. Uh, you know, they bought SIG air guns for training. 
That's cool. That's excellent. They, I don't know if you saw that, Dave, but they, they also have some air soft. And, and I'm just thinking, I'm just throwing this out there. But we might have to make the Boner Planet Zombie Apocalypse Part 2. I don't know, Tom. Yeah, you, you I'm sure you haven't seen it. Um, it, it was a very popular vi- YouTube video. I think it got like three or four views back when we first started. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that popular. But uh, we, we made this really funny, really funny zombie apocalypse video back in the day with some airsoft. So it was, it was I think you de- you're, you're for, for zombie apocalypse too, you definitely need six. So I think maybe you guys know people now and uh, we might be able to help you out with that. <laughs> I love it. We'll have to meet. Right, I will have to come back from the dead for that one. There you go. Thank you for thanks for being on the show again. And we'll get back to you soon after turkey season here and uh we'll chat a little bit more. Uh, but I'm really happy with today's conversation because I really did want to cover kind of like what's going on with SIG, what's going on with the military stuff. I mean, with the thing with Ukraine, it just shadows everything. So it's really nice for people to hear from a gun company on some of those things going on. But also, in my opinion, this extreme success of the P365. Uh, and again, the usability for an average person uh, like myself to, you know, get that gun. And like I said, now that I have that gun um, and I like it, I love the gun. I now want to look at that 320 for an upgrade to something different, a little full size. But that's my point is like looking having that ability to understand that the SIG system is usable, user friendly for myself. And I, now I'm more excited than I ever was. So thank you. Well, I think we're I'm actually after this hour, I'm I'm contemplating a new a whole new ad campaign even dave can customize a three (laughs) (laughs) even a guy in archery can i love it (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks tom appreciate it man appreciate you guys as usual thank you guys so much for tuning into the bow under planet podcast your support is so appreciated if you love archery and bow hunting make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media as we have a lot more great content to share we'll see you soon when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.